What up, boys and girls and everyone else? This is the podcast, Mercenary, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse, the Mike for Hire himself, Christian Joe Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today I am here with the same old same, my co-host, Mr. Raul Montero. What is up, ladies, gentlemen, and all the beautiful beings in between? That being said, this is going to be a, a shorter review than most because WWE Fastlane 2023 went by pretty smoothly and it did not take long. I feel like every match like had a good abundance of time. And I'm looking at the card that were pretty, outside of the first match and the main event being the longest matches, everything else seems pretty balanced. Yeah, like I'm looking at the match times right now only... Like, on average, maybe 15 minutes apiece? Yeah, on average. So, match one started off with Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso against the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship belts. And this match was... How do I say this match was? It was entertaining. Yeah. Sports entertainment, but also good storytelling, good psychology. Um, Low-key a banger. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect it to... Because you don't expect the chemistry of Uso and Rhodes to be this, like... They, yeah, considering where they were six months ago. But you know what? Sometimes your biggest rivals become your friends. It's just like uh, in uh, Rocky Two when uh, Apollo Creed and... Oh, Rocky Three. Oh, you're right. Rocky Two. Well, wait. Wasn't the end of Rocky Two where they do that... that uh, no, that's the end of Rocky Three. That is because it. that's the favor he asked for for when oh, he wants to train him. No shit, man. I'm mixing my movies up. You just recently binged the whole series, so I remember. Yeah, that. exactly. And yeah, we talked about this during the Creed podcast. And um, there's this like camaraderie. Same with Sheamus and and uh, and McIntyre, where they were like rivals for a while. They yeah. became besties afterwards. So it all makes sense. Plus, Uso being like. Fuck the Dutchman Day. I'm I'm a Dutchman Day. Fuck the Bloodline. I'm just doing my own thing. And the first thing you do is throw them in a tag team. But funny enough, I was complaining about that. Why is Rhodes in a tag team division when they already have a stacked roster of people that deserve the titles? For do example, you want to know why? Because this is when he finishes the story. Everyone can just shut up. Cody got his title. He finished the story. Now we can focus on the real stuff. Everybody, zip it. And... <laughs> Sarcasm. Um, oh, some people think I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm half serious about this. Cody finished a integral arc of the story, which is turning Jay away from the uh, from the bloodline, right? So Judgment Day, at this point, they're starting to blow up with Roman taking his like long hiatus over a month and a half. And the Judgment Day have become, they kind of run roughshod through both rosters. Actually, all three, NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. Yeah, and I'm just like say what you feel. Say what you feel. It just feels like a they just did like Control F on all of their Bloodline segments and just threw in the Judgment Day. They specifically did that. There's no, there's no sugarcoating it. Now we all love Rhea. We all love Mommy. She's the most over heel in the company. That Dominic Mysterio is one of my Halloween costumes. Oh my god. Well, with that being said. Now that was sarcasm. <laughs> with that being said, Rhea has barely defended her belt. She's been more Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins with her belt. And Eo has been the one who's the workhorse in the women's division, taking on everybody and even multiple people at once. Now, with that being said, Rhea's lack of a match on even this card is a little weird because 
you only had five matches. You could easily have made a quick, even a squash match. You could have had her and Natty three or like her and anybody. And I don't know, man. It's like, I feel like since she's taken the position of the leader, unofficial leader of the Judgment Day, she hasn't been wrestling as much. Is she injured or is this story driven? Like, what is the purpose of her? Like, almost like she's the tough bitch everyone's scared of. Not anymore, ever since Nia Jax came back. So she's just not going to try? Like, I'm confused about this. Why is she not having a match or asking for a match on the card, on the pay-per-view? Because you only have one... All right. You only have one women's match. Again, WWE doesn't typically have this problem. I don't want to make a big stink out of it. But Rhea Ripley, your most over-act in the company, the women and men's roster, not being on the pay-per-view card is kind of like lost opportunity for building more momentum. Because you could have had her wrestle anybody. Zelina Vega had her wrestle Mia Yim because there was a situation where AJ and the OC were beefing with Judgment Day. You know, they could have added some sort of like quick match here where it would have made sense for her to retain but also look strong in the process. Yeah, here's the thing. Her last match was last month on the 11th against Raquel when Nia came back. And that's crazy. I know you're writing, writing it off like she got injured or her ribs are broken. And she went away with her with her soon-to-be husband, Buddy Matthews, to Australia, which I get it. You don't want to go that far in the world and only be there for a week. Do it for two or three. They're having, like, their, you know, little vacation. But ever and since she's been back. I will say this. The most adorable thing, yeah. if you check her socials, is them with their matching Halloween outfits. I love it. And I, I think it's the most hysterical thing ever because me, as a guy that's been following uh, Buddy Matthews on Twitch since he started... He is a very fun, loving, funny guy. You wouldn't expect it from his mean demeanor on screen, but like in real life, he is a teddy bear and he yeah. likes to joke around. So I know those goofy costumes are his idea, but also Rhea is a goofball herself. Yeah. So like both of them taking those costumes are not just ironic, but it's it they they're in on the joke, right? They're not yeah. doing it to be cringe. They're cringe to be funny. Yeah. So they're just like, ah, you're adorable. They're trying to be, they kind of give me like Bob's Burgers vibes. <laughs> but that being said, um, this match with Cody and Jay and Damien and Finn, what do you, what do you take out of it? Here's the thing. If you were, you were already teasing dissension in the Judgment Day at SummerSlam for the whole idea of the cash-in whatsoever. Yeah. But then you hand them these titles just to re-descend them? There is this weird theory. The reason certain stories have been up and down is because Vince and Triple H have been changing weeks, taking turns on story building, right? Now it recently came out through Aria... What's his action name? Ari... The TKO guy. Ari Emanuel? Yes, Ari Emanuel confirmed that Vince is out of creative and all of it is now down to Hunter. So Hunter in charge, I think they're fixing the hiccups on the road. Yeah. And all the questions we had it was because you had, again, you have the Vince, the Vincells versus the, uh, what, what, what was it called? The Vincells versus the, the, the hun- Hunties. <laughs> I have no idea. I tried to stay away from, like, wrestling Twitter. Wrestling Twitter is garbage. And I'm going to be honest. I'm tired of all the wrestling pages on Facebook, too. Because they don't even just promote matches or, like, hey, you know, sneak peek, someone's coming. Cool. They just literally like to be petty. 
and I am too grown to be doing petty shit on social media. No. It is not in my, in all the pages, bro. I mean, I comment like, bro, I'm too over this shit. Like, can you just enjoy what you like? Like, I, I don't care if you think one company is better than the other. That shit doesn't bother me. I don't care if you like one owner over the other. Haven't we learned that billionaires are all crazy? Yeah. Like, do you think Tony Khan is any different than uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Like, they're all, like, don't live, they, they don't live in our reality. They don't have the same restrictions of, like, hey, maybe you should check yourself. You know, No, there's a lot of weirdness. That being said, Vince McMahon is an old man. I'm glad he didn't have Twitter back in the 80s. Oh, God. Him and Bischoff in the middle of the Monday They night would night. have been toxic on social media if they existed back then. I would have, and it's the thing. Back then, there were dirt sheets, but those are optionals. You had to go yeah. on the blogs. I purposely never went on them. Well, I didn't go on them because I didn't have the American online CDs. I had Netscape or NetZero, whichever it was. It was $10 a month. My brother paid it. It sucked. It really sucked. I'm like, you couldn't pay 10 bucks more and get the good shit. <laughs> but, you know, he was working at part-time in the 90s. It is what it is. Uh, but that being said, wrestling has become too tribalistic for me. Like, yes, we have our favorites. But I don't go out of my way to shit other companies. I try not to. Do I critique things? Absolutely. But the thing is, as soon as you give any other critique online, someone's say, oh, you're just saying that because you're a show for the other company. No. I'm trying to give a proper critique, but you're just basing it off your own personal bias. Yeah. Like, oh, the fan base are all like this. Stop generalizing fan bases. I know people who are fans of both companies and fans who are just a fan of certain people in certain companies or certain companies, and they don't act as crazy as those on his people on social media. Like, once again, did people just get so cooped up in their own heads throughout the pandemic that I, they just got to, like yell at something that's just different i'm like bruh step outside touch some grass kiss a girl rewatch iCarly. i get don't know. some bitches please for the sake of the world get some ass but anyways but yeah fun. back to all this it just like we don't have the joint though we can just move on it just it, we just know no, no 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 no. i rebooked this on my way up here to record and i'm like why couldn't you just have been win the title from rollins it was a perfect conclusion. Then that way you could start teasing the dissension right there. Like, you know, Why like get, slap them this temporary run in a sense. So that way just ups their value in a sense. Rollins is better at chasing titles and maintaining them. Yes, I came up with that same conclusion. And it's like everyone knows this. But, and then people are like, oh, you just are a hater. I'm like, you flip flop. No, Rollins is just better when he's the underdog. Even as a babyface with this like cackling gimmick, he comes off as a fucking heel. He does. He comes off as the biggest douchebag. Like, who do you know in sports fighting acts like that? McGregor. Who, McGregor. The Colby Covingtons. The the guys you love. Dylan to, Dennis. All the people you love to hate. Dylan Dennis for sure. <laughs> so I cannot wait. Yo, if you're gonna see that fight, let me know. Dylan Dennis versus Logan Paul. Two people hate facing each other. It's gonna be great. I will try to see. Yeah, seriously. But anyways. Uh, Cody and Jay, great chemistry. Damian and, and Finn, slowly descending. It adds to the storyline. McDonough with the briefcase of the knee. McDonough has become the new Dolph Ziggler now that they have no more Dolph Ziggler. And he's good at selling. And it's weird to see McDonough in this position because when he was on NXT UK, he was dominant. He was like the second coming of Finn Balor. Didn't NXT regular, he was okay, right? You know, he was just in here and there. 
Um, but then him being part of Judgment Day, he just feels like the gig, the, the nerdy kid trying to join the cool club. He's their meow. He really is. It's just like Irwell the <laughs> He's just taking all the hits. But end of the day, Cody and Jay won the belts. We have With the Co-1D. Co-1D. And um, I love that these two are great together. The post... Dude! The post... Uh, pay-per-view uh, scrum. Dude, they just reminds me of like... Everyone knows those cousins that go out for a walk During on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. And then just come back and it's like... Are like giggling throughout the prayer. I think it's funny that Cody says they had some libations. Bullshit! You had a split. You didn't have no libations. They don't look drunk. They look high, super high. Do you feel me, sir? Do you feel him? Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry, but seeing like this side of Jay is just like that's the up the up of down down version of Jay. Not only that, but like seeing Jay, just like you know what this is. This is like that. End of second act in every rom-com yeah. when, like, the girl finally leaves the toxic man and is, like, finally able to let her no, hair down. This is the uh, the uh, the two uh, bros in the, in the uh, buddy cop movie. Once they, like, get rid of uh, their villain, they're just celebrating. It just feels like Will Ferrell and fucking John C. Riley. Like, they have that kind of energy. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, finally left my toxic ex over there on that other show. All right, and so. I'm here living the time of my life. That being said, what do you want to rate this match? 86. I 86. I was going to personally give it a solid 80. Because as an opener, it was good. And it had mm-hmm. a good storytelling. But, and it wasn't, again, not the worst match on the card. But, um, but it was definitely like, okay, it's a good way to start the show. So 80 and 86 sounds about right. You know, we're pretty yeah. much at a B, B minus. Yeet! Yeet. <laughs> Next match on the card, we have the Latina World Order, LWO, consisting of Rey Mysterio, Santo Escobar, and mystery partner, uh, with Selena Vega, of course, ringside, uh, against Bobby Boucher, <laughs> Bobby mm. Lashley, and the Street Profits, who still don't have a tag. Just call them the Hurt Business, too. Call street Business. Street Business, whatever you want to call it. Hurt Profits. Hurt Profits. Uh, anyways, uh, this match was cool. It was quick. It was 10 minutes. It was a six-man tag team match for the fuck of it. They're beefing out of nowhere the past week or so on SmackDown. Um, but, of course, it was like Razor Underdog getting his ass whooped. Santos got hurt during the match. Montez and, and my God, Dawkins, they've never looked better in, the, in ring. I don't know if it's the alignment with Bobby Lashley. Got them look more crisper. Again, they weren't bad wrestlers, but now they look like they're killers. I feel like now with this heel turn, it definitely, like, adds more character to them. Because, honestly, as someone who loved Montez and Doc just being, like, the happy-go-lucky, you know, solo cups. But just seeing them, like, this more sinister, like, instead of solo cups, they're just drinking, like, straight-up Ciroc. These motherfuckers are drinking straight shots of vodka. But the thing is... No, that- they are each got their own bottles of Henny. Oh, okay. They're, they're on the... What- Hold on, they're at table service at the clubs. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I feel that they're kind of working together, but they're missing something. Maybe a woman, uh, a superstar. I'm thinking Jade, man. Put Jade Cargo in their faction. Jade or Bianca. But the thing is, Bianca's so over. You can't put her heel just yet. you got to build to heel Bianca, right? Yeah. So just, that's the tough part because her and her husband made it clear they don't want to make each of their stories or characters be codependent on each other. Mm. But it would be weird if you're a bad guy with a good guy wife, right? It doesn't come off like 
So I can't wait to see how they do it. Maybe she does turn heel. She comes back and starts beating the shit out of like who who was a current champion? It's EO Scott. EO. EO is the SmackDown Women's Champion, but it's not called that anymore. It's called the Women's World Championship. Or is um, it the you know I don't even know what it's called. Oh uh, World it is the Women's World Champion. World. Women's Championship. Women's WWE Women's Championship, which looks like uh, Roman's Championship at White Belt. Mm. And then the World Champion is Rhea. Yeah. With the, well, it looks like World seven. Heavyweight. Well, no, there's Women's like, Heavyweight. Or... It's just Women's World Champion. Okay. They end the weight class for women because, you know, they're really sensitive about their weights. So, that being said, uh, EO Sky, uh, well, we're jumping shit here. Uh, but yeah, again. The mystery partner towards the end, Carlito, the return of Carlito, who we haven't seen since Backlash. Apparently, he, had, he didn't come back any sooner because he's had an issue with communications WWE, maybe when he was available or whatever, because people forget Carlito is currently the president of um, WWC, World Wrestling Council. Uh, his dad has now stepped down as the leader of the... You know, he's old. He's in his 70s, I think. So him and his cousin Primo... And his brother, no, his brother Primo, cousin Epico. Yeah. They are the bookers over there in Puerto Rico. And Carlito was the president head guy there. Um, with that being said, I found it weird and funny and, like, ironic that who happened to be in a Backlash helping Carlito in the LWO? I completely brain farted. I know. Me too. My gosh. It was a good old pal. Um... From Las Boricuas. Oh, Savio Vega. Savio Vega, who currently runs the rival promotion, uh, IWC in Puerto Rico, against Carly Cologne. So I find it funny they're both in the same faction in WWE. I mean, I would have popped a little bit if, like, I'm not saying anything wrong about Carlito being back, but just imagine the pop if it was Bad Bunny. Because think about it, it would have been great promotion for his new album. Oh, shout out to Bad Bunny, where WWE has, or shout out to WWE for for uh, posting his album on their on their Twitter on their social media. I'm like, hey, he's part of our guys. We're gonna promote the shit out of him. And again, I like that they still acknowledge he's part of their like family. That's yeah. pretty cool. But uh, yeah, Cardio came out looking like a million bucks. He has a new theme. It sounds like a reggaeton song. It's it's a little hmm. generic, but it's like his old theme was so iconic. But it was just it just. Fit. I'm going to be honest. Hot take. I never liked Carlito's old theme. I thought it was a wrestling theme. It sounded like an old guy's theme. It's not, it's something like, old Here's the then. thing. Like, this new track, I don't mind it, but the last one, it just sounds like one of those classic tracks you would hear. In the when, like, Or in the 90s, you're in the backseat of like your parents' car. They got powered. Ocho Ciento playing. It just has that like old school Latino vibe. But like the new one, it just sounds more modern, but... I'm getting, I'm letting it grow on me. Yeah. But Carlito looked a million bucks. He got in the hot tag. He got in the backstabber, and that's how he won the match. Funny enough, the backstabber is such a transitional move in wrestling these days. But I guess when Carlito does it, it's like a finisher still. <laughs> I think he should just find another finisher at this point and just like use a backstabber to set up for a finisher. But you know, I digress. That's just my personal hot take. Uh, this match is cool. cool. I'm going to give it a 76. I'm going to give it like a. 71 because honestly i feel like lashley and the street profits could have used this win yeah and don't have carlito come in to like the post-match beatdown that would think about it, you're, better set up yeah yeah because you're already establishing this new sort of three-man force and you're going to have them lose almost immediately 
that kind of drops their cred because think about it how you were mentioning how they look like absolute killers and the thing is lwo already has what uh joaquin phoenix and uh joaquin phoenix joaquin wild joaquin wild sorry that's an actor joaquin wild and uh is his name still raul mendoza Mendoza? no uh they changed it see that's a problem the fact that we don't know their names off bat, that shows how much of, like, side character goons he comes up, they come off in their own fucking, like, they should be fighting in the tag division, those two guys. Because they're good wrestlers, but they're not in the forefront. They never cut promos on TV. Cruz del Toro. See what I mean? What kind of name is that? Like, you give them two last names? <laughs> <laughs> you could have called them Raul del Toro, you know? That would have been cool. I don't know. But all I'm saying, though, is just, it almost feels like, Every Hispanic that's not a heel right now, put him in the LWO. It's like, what's next? Dragon Lee joins now that he's on SmackDown? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that being said, next match, EO Sky, the WWE Women's Champion against Asuka and Charlotte Flair in a triple thrift match. Thanks to Bailey opening her big fat mouth, I know what's going to happen. She keeps sitting her up in triple threat matches so that EO loses so that she can get the belt. Just snake-like heel behavior from Bailey. So, do you see it as EO versus Bailey at Mania, or is this having a rumble? Rumble, because I think they're setting up the triple threat once Dakota's cleared. Oh shit, that'd be amazing. Okay, good call on that. This match was a triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. It went about seventeen minutes twenty seconds, and um, this match could have been better. But I just think there's a lack of chemistry with EO Sky and Charlotte Flair. Asuka and Charlotte had great chemistry. Yeah, like, look, she already sprayed the mist in, like, the opening moments. But EO is still new to the main roster. She's only been there less than a year since SummerSlam of last year. And she's strictly wrestled only NXT talents. If you had EO on Raw going against people like... Uh, shoot, who was on Raw for the women's roster? Uh, Raquel's there, right? Yeah. Raquel, Rias, even Nia, people that she's familiar with, I think the chemistry there. Charlotte being away for so long, it's almost like she has to like regain her uh, ring rust. I'm not, I mean, re-lose her ring rust. Because not that she has ring rust, again, it just feels a little bit like Charlotte is, I'm going to say it, whenever there's a championship match, just toss in a flare. Yeah. Every time, it's like, she cannot exist outside of the title picture. And at this point, did you really need her in this match? No. I mean, I was surprised she took the fall. The fact that Flair took the fall, I'll give them credit for that. Because that was the figure eight setup and she did the moonsault, right? Yeah. Crisp. Amazing. But that being said, EO Sky's run has been a little lackluster. Even though she's had more matches than Rhea, I just feel like she hasn't really looked like a dominant champion. She's almost there. Like, I feel like she's getting to that point, but it's like she just needs that little extra oomph. There's something missing, and it, I don't want to say promos because she could always do the Shinsuke route and do pre-recorded tapes, but or also have Dakota or Bailey as your mouthpiece, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like, are they like hesitant on pushing her so fast, so quickly? I don't know. I mean, they gave her the briefcase. They gave her the belt. Yeah. So obviously they believe that she's great. I mean, I know she's great. And maybe this, maybe now a Triple H in charge. He steers the ship correct because obviously EO is a Triple H person. She's a Hunter girl, right? Yeah. So she's on Team Hunter. 
Vince. I guarantee you that's the reason why Charlotte got added to this match. Absolutely, because Vince likes Charlotte. Vince likes Nia Jax. That's why she got rehired. Vince loves Asuka because during the pandemic, Asuka was his ace. Mm-hmm. So he grew respect for her. So Asuka now, ever since the pandemic, has been booked like a star. Which, you know, as she should be. And, you know, Asuka is on her way out as far as retirement. She's out there in two, three years. She, she, she said it herself. She's trying yeah. to just become... She made enough money. Also, I want to call out whoever it was, that person at the media scrum... That was like, hey, Eo, you gonna defend the title against Taylor Swift? Shout out to my buddy Stephen Fall from Wrestling Inc. Um, I know Stephen because we follow each other on Twitter. He is a Boston guy. He used to work for NBC Universal slash Telemundo. Like, why? Stephen <laughs> Stephen trolls, but in a good kind of way. Stephen likes to make mainstream news, and guess what? It it got posted in WWE's. Uh, Oh, look at that. Mr. Miyagi caught a fly. Mm-hmm. Um, it got posted on there as a, as a joke uh, on the <laughs> on the WWE on Fox app. You know, like, listen, sometimes you got to ask the dumbest questions just to make yourself trend it or even just get exposure. And it worked, man. It like, it. yes, does it look like a silly question? But EO's like caught off guard face is priceless. Like she's like, are you serious? <laughs> Because I'm like, yo, if that happens, that WrestleMania ticket price is going up three times in price. <laughs> oh, God. That's my biggest fear, buddy. You thought they were expensive? No, wait till that shit happens. So, with that being said. God, we already have this going on in the NFL. I know, and I've, I'm done with it. Uh, apparently, they're breaking up. I hope to so God they are. But, anywho. Oh, that album's going to be fire. That next album's going to be platinum, quadruple times over. Oh, that's when she accepts the halftime show. Oh my god! Imagine the she Chiefs. will only accept it if the Chiefs are playing. It has to the the, the what is the stars have to align or whatever. Yeah. So Eo and Oscar and Charlotte. To be fair, this was a good seventy six percent. I'm giving it a seventy three because, like I said, it's nothing wrong with Eo's reign. She's a fantastic wrestler. I, I've been a fan of hers ever since the whole jump from the top of the women's war games match when she put the trash can over herself. Let me let me take you back. I've been a fan of Io Shirai since she was in Black Lotus and Lucha Underground in a faction with um, God, just a faction with uh, Kyrie Sane and I forgot the third girl because she kind of disappeared in the wayside. But they were part of Lucha Underground for a while. You keep telling me to watch Lucha Underground and I'm trying to find it anywhere. It's funny because I think some of it's on YouTube now. Ah, son of a one-liner. So that's the first time I've seen Io, and like she was kind of a background character there because Kyrie was the main one, but it was like a, a a pretty badass. Like they were almost like women yakuza; <laughs> they all wore black. Um, but yeah, shout out to Io Shirai now Io Sky retaining her championship. Um, next match on the card is also coincidentally enough seventeen minutes and twenty seconds. Yeah, what 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 are the chances? It's exactly the same length, right? John Cena and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Against the bloodline of Jimmy Uso and Sol Sokoa with Paul Heyman, whose hair has been graying with stress. Oh, I honestly thought he just stopped dying it. He did on purpose. And, and then this week on SmackDown, his hair is jet black again. Oh, because Roman is coming back. It, it was to signify how stressed out he was that he lost his marbles dealing with Jimmy's bullshit. Uh, so... This was a regular tag team match. John Cena, LA Knight, your most over, your GOAT, the greatest of all time. LA Knight, your biggest babyface currently who sells the most t-shirts against two guys I 
like when they wrestle, but I'm just, again, I, me and a few other friends are over the bloodline at this point. We want to just fast forward to Mania where the bloodline ceases to exist, at the, or God knows what happens. Are they going to add Ava Rain now? <laughs> I mean, after the whole promotion on uh, NXT. Right? Or are they going to add Nia and Ava Rain? That way they go for the women's tag belts. I mean, they, there's... I'm like, I'm done with the bloodline shit, but if this is when they're going to go with, I have to get used to it. It's like, fucking amen. So, um, John Cena, LA Knight, for guys that, I guess they knew each other from NXT, right? I think so. Because they were, he was in the Nexus, was he not? No, he wasn't. He was in NWA at that time. Oh, no shit. Damn! Yeah. Don't you remember that 20, uh, Shoes of a Champion? So, NXT original. He he was in season one, I think. with uh, Or season... Yeah. He was in the same season as Maven. Oh, so tough enough. No, no, no. The, all right. Remember when Wade Barrett was later in Nexus? Yeah. He was in that group. I like Knight? But he was named Rick, Eric Richter or something like that? or No, he wasn't one, like one of the members. LA Knight... Let me put, uh, uh, shit. I don't want this thing. Oh, a night. Yeah. Nexus. I thought it for a fact. The Rise and Fall of Nexus. Let's see here. And they're going to show who was in Nexus. No, he wasn't. Justin Gabriel, Darren Young, Heath Slater, Michael Tanner, Wade Barrett. Tarver. What? Tarver. That's the Michael Tarver. Oh. David Otunga. Oh, I guess you're right. So I mean, he might have been in NXT after the. Uh, after yeah, because it was right after his NWA run, and also being a former Impact Champion, as Eli Drake, that they signed him over. Then LA Knight, and then the whole. Match. Oh, so this is very recent that he was ever NXT like that. So yeah. he was probably in developmental, if not maybe like because I remember seeing. Yeah, because he's one of Hunter's. Favorite signees that he got over. Yeah, which is true because let's see here. Sean Richter's the real name. He went by the name. Let me just go here. So the Wikipedia's. He was named, I believe his name was Sean Richter, was his actual name. Dick. No, his name was, and NXT, it was Dick, uh, Dick Rick Lycus. Really? Yeah, he was in NXT way back when. You're looking back, he was like one of those characters that kind of like went to the wayside, like didn't last long. So he probably was just doing jobs. Like, let's see here. NWA, you're right, 2010 to 2013. And then he went to WWE as Ricker, independent wrestling. And then he went, yeah, he's been in and out of WWE. So that's why, see, look, him and uh, Chris Adonis were on, on Impact together. So the, that was not that long ago, but it feels like an eternity ago. But yeah, anyways, then he was Global Force Champion. I remember that. Then in and out of, yeah. So anyways, that feud was uh, was good. I gotta say, uh, John Cena and and L.A. Knight. Sorry, it's hard for me to still say it. They have a good, uh, good. I remember that. They have a good chemistry. They have a good chemistry. Um, anything you want to point out? It's this is what I'm kind of glad we had. Like the whole oh push L.A. Knight, and everyone's like, no, give him the title or something like that. It's a slow burn. Because now on SmackDown he's next lined up to fight Roman who just got back. Yeah. For the season premiere of SmackDown, and now we're gonna have the match. Is it gonna be on Survivor Series? You think? Crown Jewel. Oh shit! That's gonna be amazing. Like, 
And even though I've already resigned myself to, well, Roman's going to win that one. That's, you already are taking the fact that he's going to retain out of it. Now you're going to see how he wins it. That's where you're going. Yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing. I'm already like of the mindset of, well, what's going to happen at Mania 40? I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. Cody's going to lose at Mania once again. Bet going to win at SummerSlam. I'll tell you why SummerSlam. Because if he Roman retains at Mania, he surpasses Hulk Hogan. Mm. And then he becomes the number two guy. And then the next run up is just Bruno. Oh, I thought Backlund. Oh, shit, you're right. But Backlund and Bruno both were like 1,600. And like eight years, six years, respectively. Something crazy. So if at least we put Roman in top three... That's excellent. And that's all he needs to be. He's not going to be doing this until he's 45. I'm, I, I do not want to see that shit. So, Backlund's number two, and Bruno's number one. So, he's got to beat Hogan's record to at least surpass Hogan. And then you put him in contention for the greatest of all time. So, that being said, Cena, who was obviously on strike because of the writer's actor strike, had some free time. He's still here till Crown Jewel, right? He was only supposed to be here till Fastlane and then back to Hollywood. But apparently he opted to stay to Crown Jewel. So it's making me think, is he just like slowly just seeing what his schedule's looking like and mm. keep add, adding the pay-per-view? Huh, bro? Hmm? Is Cena slowly just adding a pay-per-view to see how his schedule in Hollywood's yeah, going? Yeah, pretty much. Like, he's even admitted in the media scrum that, yeah, um, I'm just, as soon as the strike ends, I'm out. Yeah, so... He's not making any long-term promises, but at least I, I, I got to give him credit. He's staying based on pay-per-view. So, like, yeah. we know because the writers are still... I mean, sorry. The writers got their deal. The actors are still striking. He can still do Crown Jewel and make a big payday because it's Crown Jewel. Yeah. And then he could be gone back to Hollywood. Yeah. Or the actors are still striking, and then he can stick around for Survivor Series in Chicago. And that's where you write him off. Yeah. And even if he can stay later, just write him off then at that point. Ooh, you know what would be a good way to write him off? Rumble? No. Okay. If you bring it all the way up till Survivor Series, give him a match against Gunther. That would be a great way to build up Gunther's, like... Because think about it. Cena can just add in, like, yeah, I've never won the IC title at all either. He hasn't never won it? Nope. No shit. So never has been IC champion. So he can become a Grand Slam champion if he gets that. Yeah, that's the storyline. But you have him put over Gunther in a way that's not like burying Cena, but enough to show like, oh. So you make you make competitive, combative, but Gunther retains. Yeah. And then that way Cena goes and recovers from his big old uh, chop wounds. And then you have whoever actually, which I'm thinking Shad Gable wins the Icy Bill at Rick Mania. I'm still thinking that's going to happen. Yeah. Or Rumble. So that way Gunther can be in the Royal Rumble. And wins it this year. And wins it this year. I still say he he's going to win it. I believe that Gunther's going to win it. Either face Rollins or whoever is its World Heavyweight Champion at the time. And it'll be Gunther versus that, that champion. So we shall see. Now, with that being said, um, this match was fun. Cena and LA Knight had some good chemistry. Of course, Jimmy and his brother Solo have good chemistry. It's an all right match. Again, nothing crazy. Um, it's more uh, about the story building and the big pops. There aren't really like, there weren't that many huge spots. Cena did do a fucking like, 
jumping cross body yeah. to the top of the rope, which we haven't seen that since, uh, what was it, uh, One Night Stand in 2007? Yeah. Like, he hasn't done anything crazy like that in a while. I mean, valid, he doesn't have to, he's John Cena, but, like, I think the last big move John's done was, was it the, uh, the uh, top rope leg drop to the outside? Oh, right, yeah. But he would occasionally drop here and there. And um, he was, you know, he was just on one. So, like, him and LA Knight, these guys look great. They they won. And, again, Paul Heyman stressed out. <laughs> uh, this is a fun match. I'm going to give it an 80. I'm giving it an 84. Okay. Mainly because it's a good sort of, like, passing of the torch moment. Because you got it the first time at a payback. After the whole... Here you go. This is your guy. You're getting it here. Yeah. Like, the smart money would be put LA Knight versus Cena in just a sort of respect match. No animosity, just straight up. Yeah. Like, whatever. I mean, yeah, but, you know. But him getting this showcase against Roman is... It's interesting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. So, with that being said, we're now moving on to the main event. Seth freaking Rollins, the current world heavyweight champion, against Shinsuke Nakamura in the last man standing match. Before we get started on this match, can we talk about the backstage segment of the Judgment Day just being like, they're mad they lost the titles. Priest is like ready to cash in, and Rhea's like, no. Because he's hurt. He's just using his ego to like fix his yeah. blunder. But if we're talking backstage segments, we should have talked about the pre-show where Jade Cargo uh, made her debut. Right. And introduced herself to Hunter. And it's just weird still to see Jade in WWE. But she's popped in NXT as well. She's popped in on SmackDown yesterday. Yeah. When her and Charlotte had that like weird face-off, kind of like hinting at the next Mania match or whatever. They were both the same height. But I do know that uh, Jade is wearing like big heels. Yeah. Because Jade isn't that tall. She just looks that tall. Right? She's like 5'8", which is tall for a girl, but like Charlotte's literally my height. So, you know, Charlotte is 5'11 to 6 feet, depending on a good day, right? So, it's going to be fun to see these two go at it because they're super similar as far as the physiques and athleticism. I mean, Jade's already the favorite to win the Rumble this year. I can see that. So, hear me out. Does Jade take out Nia Jax? Do you think it's her or her and Raquel team up? Because Nia is a big woman, I'm going to be honest. Even though she lost weight, she's still thick as fuck. It's going to take her, Rhea, and Raquel to toss her over the rope. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Whereas Jade, Raquel, and Rhea... Well, wait, why would Rhea be in the Rumble match? Oh, right, she's currently a women's champion. So it would be Raquel, Jade, and who's another powerhouse we can toss in there? Uh, Piper Niven? Yeah, probably. Piper Niven, just to take out Nia Jax, who's like the biggest... And then Nia Jax does... The mile! <laughs> Adrenaline in my hole! <laughs> Alright, so Seth freaking Rollins, last man standing match. Now, this is controversial, but actually it's not. Because everyone's in agreement with me online for once. People did not like this match on the fact that they... Spoiler alert, Shin, uh, Shinsuke lost and Rollins retains. That's not why I'm, like, pissed or bothered by the match. I am just fed up with Iron Man matches, Last Man Standing matches, uh, Stadium Brawl matches. There's been so many of these. Not just in, like, WWE. Of course, AEW. But, like, in just pro wrestling, like, I feel like they're losing their luster. 
when we see so many of them. Because I remember back in the uh, ruthless aggression era, yeah, ruthless aggression era, the only Iron Man match we saw, because we don't count the Benoit in, uh, in Guerrero. What are you talking about? Never you happened. No idea. It's Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle that went an hour and three minutes. Okay, so that being said, I'm just not a big fan of this hour long shit and. I, do I like street fights? I used to really be a big fan of street fight matches. I don't know why. Maybe because it was uh, anything goes. Like, you just go in the arena and that crazy or, like, you know, weapons and shit. This match wasn't bad at all, actually. It was actually phenomenal. Even Dave Meltzer gave it a four and a half stars. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, again, it was a good match. Rollins looked like a million bucks. Shinsuke looked strong. They played into Rollins' back. But here's where I'm going to nitpick. I wasn't a fan of Rollins doing that weird spot where he was tossed into a mattress. Yeah. Because you can see the mattress. They didn't even, like, cut it. It's sort of like the first blood and guts. When you saw, like, the... Jericho, when you see him getting... Yeah. But he still hurt his elbow. That was real. But, yeah. that You don't want to... You don't want to... Like, you you showed the magic trick. That's what I'm like. I feel like they could have covered that if they just put boxes. And it would have had the same effect... Of like, no, no, actually, it would have, like, oh my god, but it would have been believable. The fact that you just straight up put a mattress, not even like stacks of foam padding or like, you could have camouflaged that a little better, is all I'm saying, right? Right. To just, but no, it was a straight up mattress with nothing covering it, you just saw him land the mattress, but they kind of played it off in the replays in the following night, like, oh, he landed on the concrete, no, the fuck he didn't. <laughs> I don't know, man, it's just like, sometimes you're like... Either you're not trying enough or you're trying too hard. Like, what's going on here? Now, that aside, this was a great last man standing match. And it was a great testament to Rollins, like, never gave up attitude. But again, Shinsuke not winning the belt. At this point, I'm like, is my man Shinsuke ever going to win the belt? And I don't mean IC championship, US champion, tag champ. I mean the belt, the world champion of the, the champion of the world, right? He should have won at Mania 36 over Styles. He should have won. We've said this many times. He should have won Styles, and he could have still turned heel afterwards just being a petty asshole. I just think Shinsuke needs at least one championship just because it, he earned it. He stayed consistent. I don't know if, like, people's, like, think, like, oh, he's happy the way he is and doesn't want to go higher. I get that. But wouldn't it be great for selling action figures? Yeah. To see a Shinsuke with the World Championship belt. And not only that, like, when was the last time there was a Japanese world champion? Uh, never. In, in WWE, right? Never. Because your only Japanese man is a Samoan. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Yokozuna. There's never been a Japanese world champion. I mean, technically, unofficially, Anoki. Oh, yes, you're right unofficially and they kind of acknowledge it now but it's just like it wasn't on u.s soil so apparently it didn't count because there wasn't cable i don't know what the fuck that was but yeah but even if it wasn't okay since the 70s like you couldn't put it on back when wwe was hoarding all the new japan talent you couldn't have put the belt on somebody out there like who came over i mean i know kenta came over and he got hurt a lot in nxc but he was probably slated to be world champion eventually um Shinsuke, of course, they got Ricochet. They got AJ Styles. These men aren't Japanese. They came from New Japan at the time. They were trying to get Naito at one point. Naito walked out. 
on on the, the like he mm. ate dinner and just dipped behind the kitchen or whatever it was. Mm. Uh, but it would be nice to see if a male Japanese champion could occur in WWE. I mean, I'm not saying Tajiri should have been world champion, but so much emphasis of a world champion you still haven't had him from from the land of the rising sun. Like, come on, man, we need one, just one. Exactly. Like, it's not like, oh, this is another podcast talking about diversity. Nah, just think about how more open it makes the product. Think about how much more people eyes. Like, now WWE wants world eyes. They want Saudi Arabia, India, Japan. Now they want to expand to Latin America and Mexico, right? Um, and we're at a point now where, like, WWE, you had the time to do this shit. You had the people to make them look strong and build up to this. Granted, they didn't get Kota Ibushi, but he would have definitely have probably been the first world champion, I think, in, yeah. in WWE in that point. Because when he came into the Cruiserweight Classic, he looked like a million bucks. Yeah. And he wasn't as hurt and banged up as well either. So if he stayed in there instead of doing what he did in Japan, where he was just going crazy, um, he wouldn't be as banged up now. But again, they, that aside, you had your chances that... Uh, apparently they're trying to they're probably trying to get this new guy this guy from Noah I forget his name who's like the stiffest quote unquote stiffest Japanese wrestler in the world and he wants to work in the states and with WWE's now I guess you can say partners with Abima that that's where uh, proposing Noah's at this guy might show up in WWE I hope they even build this guy up too but I, I just don't know man I mean WWE you want to represent the world but it seems like you only give the belts to like. Kofi was the only black champion, then there was Bobby Lashley. But when Kofi became champion, you kind of fucking squashed that whole storyline with Brock Lesnar literally squashing Kofi in nine seconds or less. And like all this... Every black champion has been beaten by Brock Lesnar. And not even like in a combative way. Like they've been getting their break, the brakes beaten off. Like Brock Lesnar literally makes an example out of all of them. And it's just like a weird... Uh, trend. Let's leave it at that, right? Yeah. Not making it a sub- just a coincidence, but it's like a very stark coincidence because oh, because all the people are online and be like, oh, because you're looking for that. Not necessarily because he's had combative matches with people too. They just happen not to be black. Yeah. And like Bobby Lashley and him never, still to this day, has never really happened. He cheated to win with a fucking low blow. Like it never was a real match where like they looked like and they never got they never they never uh ran it back either so I'm like yo you know what wb you got a lot of fixing up to do i know hunter will do the right thing and build up his own ingrown talent so hopefully some guy like i understand hunter wanted seth to be like the guy for this world heavyweight much like he wanted seth to be the first nxt champ yeah the first guy out of the shield like Whenever something goes down, he always has Seth to rely on in that sort of way. And I get that. But here's the thing. You're trying to make this into a workhorse championship. What made Orange Cassidy's reign work? It was match of the banger of the banger, like Seamus would say, banger of the banger of the banger. He was defending it literally every week possible. And Rollins, I feel like... Like, think about it. Becky's doing that now with the NXT women's. Becky's NXT Women's Run looks stronger than Rhea's World Championship Run. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Like, how is Becky looking better than Rhea when Rhea has the main card belt and Becky has NXT Women's Championship? I, again, I'm not saying they're dropping the ball, Rhea, but like her interruption with the her 
being like the fucking like manager for a faction instead of actually wrestling more is a disservice. So I cannot wait for her and Shayna on Raw this week. That's going to be a good matchup. But I hope it leads to a series of her getting good matches. So it's not like, okay, here's your monthly quota on wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, be a little bit more consistent. Rollins at least doesn't back down from a challenge and he's there every week. But I feel like he's there every week just to play mind games and promos most of the time and actually, like, do anything. But again, I know it's sports entertainment. They don't go heavy in the wrestling like this. But now with Hunter in charge, you're going to see a lot of changes. I think all our, like, uh, all our complaints, which aren't big ones, thankfully, can be fixed with Triple H booking. And Triple H always books his champions to look strong. He always books his champions to look combative. And he's a fan of the indie shit, too. Like, he's not, let's be honest. Triple H didn't just sign up all of our weights for no reason. He thought that if this is what people like, let's focus on this. He's able to keep up with the trends. Agree. And but the thing is, it's like like how I was mentioning about Cassidy's run. With Seth, it just feels like I'm almost resigning to my fate on this. Like, if you really think about it, ever since like this whole TKO era, how many title changes have we had? Um, I cannot keep track right now, to be honest. Like you had twice with the tag. Yeah. Twice with uh, the women's. Yes. And once with uh, the U.S. So what are, what are you trying to get here? What I'm saying, and the main two are just like sort of untouched if you really think about it. And Rhea's as well. Like, if Seth would have lost, again, me rebooking it. If Seth would have lost it to Finn, I feel like a lot of people would look differently on this run. It feels like Seth Rollins' run is lackluster and on cruise control. Yes. And I think him losing to Seth or Shinsuke builds a good story, him winning the belt once again. Yes, it. because as we meant, as you brought up earlier, he's so good at chasing the belt. He's good at being underneath, underdog, who like has something to prove. And like, what happens in every great movie when the villain, no, what, no I'm sorry, where the protagonist gets owned by the villain, he comes back better than ever. To take him out, I, like in every movie, Bloodsport, Rocky, um, Kickboxer, a Batman, Dark. I mean, the Dark Knight. You know, Dark Knight with Bane, right? Every time the hero gets owned and then picks himself up, rebuilds himself, just like the architect used to do, build, rebuild. You know, reclaim, like, reclaim, and you get this huge Seth Rollins main event win at Mania, unless they don't want him to win at Mania. Maybe Seth loses the belt at Mania. And that way he gets a nice year-long run. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like, while I understand them adding the prestige to it, but notice how awesome it was seeing Seth defend it at just, like, a random house show. Yeah. Like, how over he was there. It was only, like, what, his second defense at that point? Yes. And how... It showed, like, how much of a workhorse he was. If you're literally having Seth defend these across house shows, that would be great for, like, a promo thing. That he's always defending it, always doing it. It adds more to the story. But if you're just going by what's on TV, like... The context isn't there, and Rollins just looks like a guy who just shows up every week to just hear his fans sing his theme song. Yeah. And I get it that the theme song's over, but you can still have that 
like obnoxious character and have him fight. And I'm not saying every fucking Monday Night Raw, but just a little more consistency could help. Exactly. That's all I'm trying to say. Again, we're like, just nitpicking here. These are little tweaks and things you can make things because you're gonna end up where the fan base will get fickle, and you they lose their they lose their will. I mean, can you imagine the day they stop singing that song? I don't think it's gonna happen, but I'm just saying if that does, and you've known you've like gone long in the tooth for the rain, right? So unless what they're trying to build up is McIntyre beats Rollins. Right, that's probably what they're going to build up. McIntyre beats Rollins, and that's like their next big thing. And then maybe that's when he loses the belt finally, because now McIntyre wins in front of a crowd, and then you give McIntyre just desserts because that's one of the things he has been picking at. Like my only World Championship run, and it was during the COVID era with no fans. Like it's bullshit. Like get it. So this is us literally nitpicking. Don't even take anything I say seriously. It's just. We're thinking out loud, and that's what this podcast is for. People's thoughts and ideas. And again, I don't go here claiming what I say is facts. I'm just saying my opinion. And that's all. I'm yeah, about. that's where I'm at too. And to be honest, it's because of my disinterest in this. As it was going live, I fell asleep. Honestly, God, I had to rewatch this match three times over because again, I'm not a fan of like like these. Street fight, last man standing type match. Like, this is the blow-off in a feud. Like, if you were going to have Shinsuke win, yes, because this is all things stacked against Rollins. But, like, Rollins wins again. And then he just shows up not hurt on Raw the next week. He doesn't yeah. sell the injuries. Like, like at least Cassidy had, like, the body tape everywhere. Even Bully Ray went on radio said, Rollins going to show up with some bandages. or going to show up, like, hunched over. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, going to show up looking a little beat up to kind of sell the injuries or, like, holding his back as he's moving and gingerly a little bit. Just little things in body language that says, oh, you've had a rough night. Because, again, they don't blade here. So, I'm not saying you're diverse, but I am blading. But I'm saying there's no physical way to tell Rollins looks any different than he did beforehand. Because he went through hell. In that almost 30-minute match. And it doesn't show over tables, nunchucks, fucking kendo sticks, chairs, you name it. Everything. Right. So, with that being said, this has been our review of WWE Fastlane 2023. If you like it, great. If you didn't, great. And if you're indifferent, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And we hope you enjoyed this while you went outside and touched some grass. Absolutely. So, with that being said... We'll be back for hopefully Survivor Series. I believe the next pay per view, right? Uh, either Survivor Series or Full Gear. Oh damn! I, I might be a double whammy because they're probably around the similar times. We'll figure it out. But that being said, we'll be back for AW Full Gear, WWE Survivor Series. If they end up in similar weekends, we might just do them both together. If not, wait and see the next night. But always, thank you for tuning in on the podcast, Mercenary Control Ramos. What up, everybody? It's me, Raul. Be sure to keep tuning in for my Hallow streams. We're finishing up Resident Evil 4. Well, we're actually just at the beginning right now, but make sure to tune in at twitch.tv slash M-I-S-E-R-B-I-L-A-I-T-Y. And, and as always, thank you for tuning in at the Podcast Version Show. Till next time, thank y'all for tuning in. We're out. Peace.